If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg, bringing you a bonus break. The bonus break is a short episode that you can listen to literally while taking a coffee break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. I produce this as a companion to our longer Successful Nonprofits podcast, and the bonus break covers all the topics you care most about, professional development, fundraising, governance, board relations, marketing, tech, and more. Today's bonus break, we are going to be focusing on that all-important tool, the board report. I have called it an all-important tool, but so often, as executive directors, we misuse that tool. And when I say we misuse it, here is specifically what I mean. We often end up drafting a long, dry, boring, five, six, maybe even sometimes seven or eight-page narrative. And you know what? The vast majority of our board members don't read it. And we know that because when we get into the meeting, what do they do? They ask us to summarize it. And then we drone on for about 30 or 45 minutes, boring the life out of so many of our board members, often really diving deep into operational details. And you know what that does? That just invites the board to be too operational. The pet peeve of most executive directors if it happens to them. So in today's bonus break, I'm going to share with you the purpose of the board report, going to talk about some ideal lengths and formats. By the way, I'm also going to have a template for you at the website so you can download a template of this board report, talk about the topics that you want in your board report, and then, of course, the topics you don't want in your board report. And then we'll close out the bonus break. I'm just going to share with you how you roll out this new board report. Because as you know, a lot of us don't love change, and that's true of your board as well. But let's jump back up to the top and talk about the purpose of the board report. 
keep in mind that unless you are running an association of other nonprofits, the vast majority of your boards have never been an executive director. So they're a board member, but they don't really know what you as a chief executive or ED does on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So part of what your board report does is it gives them some meaningful insight into your work as the chief executive. And if you do that well, the other thing that happens is that it increases your board's knowledge about issues that are just not covered in those committee reports. And finally, believe it or not, the last purpose of your board report is to help build that relationship with your board, to establish yourself as the expert and the authority, and help really board members to see what value you bring to the organization. Now, believe it or not, even though it's got this ambitious purpose, your board report should be pretty short. So if it's in the Word format, then probably about two pages. And if it's in a PowerPoint format, I would say no more than 10 slides. Now, if you're just doing a narrative in the Word format, I would also encourage you to expand your spacing. Word has an option for 1.15 lines. It's a little better spacing than single-spaced, and it's not quite as large of a spacing as one and a half or double space. But so if you do 1.15 lines, your board members will be able to read this report so much easier. Also, use bullets. Use bullets wherever you can. As humans, we love to read those bullets, and we often get bogged down in the text. Now, if you choose the PowerPoint option, you want to carefully curate those 10 slides, and you want to make sure that you have graphics that are visually appealing, and that you use some bullets. But don't put everything you're going to say onto those PowerPoint slides. And the reason is, in the ideal world, if we're going to use PowerPoint, we should use it as a storyboard. It helps us tell the story, but people are listening to what we are saying. They're not reading what we are saying on the screen. So now that you know that this board report needs to be two pages or less, here's what I want you to include in it. I want you to include a mission moment, a mention of the dashboard. You're not going to include a full organizational dashboard in this report, but mention of the dashboard the highlight of your greatest success since the last meeting, the highlight of your greatest challenge since the last meeting, a forward-thinking topic of the month, and opportunities for board engagement. So those six areas are the things that I really want to see on your board report. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Dolph, there is no way I can put all of that into two pages. Well, that's why... Once you're done listening to this bonus break, you've got to go up to the website. I have a template where you will see I've actually drafted a sample board report in two pages with each of these six items. Now, let's walk through each one. The mission moment. That should really be your very first one. And it should make your board members feel really good. It should, for example, maybe describe a client's success. Talk about how a donor connected with your mission Or another great example is detailing how a specific staff member went above and beyond to help a client or to achieve your mission. Now, 
you only want one mission moment. So you pick the most compelling mission moment that's happened within your organization since your last board meeting. And you share that in one or two paragraphs. That's it. But here's why you're going to start with the mission moment. It is going to engage your board members. They are going to start reading, and they are going to get involved in the mission story. And once they get involved in that mission story, they are going to continue reading the rest of your report. Now, I also mentioned that you should make a reference to a dashboard. So if your organization is not already using a dashboard, I'm going to have another bonus break on dashboards. And when I do that bonus break, I'll also have a template with two or three different dashboards that your organization may want to model after. But let's just assume that you are currently using a dashboard. You reference that dashboard. You let board members know you're happy to answer any questions about the dashboard, but all of that's pretty operational. And for the most part, that's going to be addressed in committee reports. And so that's literally one line, maybe two lines of your board report. Your third section, you are going to highlight the greatest success, organizational success since the last meeting. Part of how this is different from the mission moment is that this is an organizational achievement or success, but it's not that direct story that connects your board to your mission. Let me give you a few examples of organizational successes. Again, you really only want to highlight one, or if you're going wild, maybe highlight two, have a paragraph on two. But let me give you a few examples. Let's say a funder recognized your organization's performance as being among the top 10 of all of its grantees. So you tell that story. Or let's say you recently re-engaged a lapsed major donor, brought them back into the fold of supporters for your organization. You tell the board that story. And another kind of organizational one, let's say since the last board meeting, all of your managers and you have completed employee reviews for everyone at the agency. And this is the first time that has ever happened. And by the way, that's not that unusual in that most nonprofits don't reliably review all their employees every year. So the first time it happens, it's a real milestone. It's a real success for the organization. In outlining what the success is, you also want to have a paragraph about how you achieved that milestone. How did you realize that you needed to make this happen? Who was involved in bringing everything together so that you could achieve that milestone. And of course, when I say who was involved, that also means being very generous in our credit. As executive directors and chief executives, it is so easy for us to give credit and kudos to our team members. And when we do that, it not only builds our team members, it builds our team and it builds us as leaders. After this section on your greatest successes, you also want a section on your greatest challenge since the last board meeting. Now, again, let me give you a few examples. Perhaps repairing or rebuilding a damaged relationship with a donor. That's the flip side of that story where I said where you've reengaged a donor. Really, what have you done to repair and rebuild a damaged relationship? Or perhaps you have been navigating a former client who has been a vocal and repeated critic of your agency on social media, and it has been very challenging, and you have devoted many hours over the last two months 
to navigating that issue and really, quite frankly, doing some damage control. Lay that out. Once again, though, don't just say, I spent 10 hours on this over the last two months, but really walk through why it's a challenge and what you're doing to overcome that challenge as well. The next section of your board report is what I like to think of as a forward-thinking topic of the month. In the ideal world, when you're actually presenting your report, you might spend half of your board report time, let's say you've got 15 or 20 minutes allotted for your board report, half of that time on this forward-thinking topic of the month. And this is where you want to raise a strategic issue. Let me be clear. What you need to raise is a strategic issue and not a management issue. Because this is your opportunity to ask your board for input, for feedback, for guidance. So as you think through some good topics of the month, maybe think about things like succession planning, pay equity, infrastructure investments, reinterpretation, or maybe even changing goals in the strategic plan. All of those are strategic issues. Again, you want to avoid the management issues. And your ultimate goal is to have a good conversation about the strategic issues. And then success is just that the board has decided there will be a committee of the board that takes on the project, hopefully a standing committee of the board, like the finance committee or the, the executive committee or the governance committee. But in the ideal world, the board now has been informed of this and they're going to partner with you through a committee to help think through this strategic governance matter so that as a board, they can make a good governance decision. And part of what you're doing here is you're driving the work of the board. Now, of course, you've already talked with your board chair and your board leadership about the forward-thinking topic of the month. They're not surprised when this comes up, but you are helping to drive that work of the board so that they are moving forward in a way that is helpful and supportive for you. The last section, and again, this is a short section of your board report, is opportunities for board member engagement. And that could be everything from, hey, we've got an upcoming program event and we would love for board members to come to it, to in the month of January, we are going to be offering front desk shadowing for our board just for an hour. So if you want to sign up, you can sign up for an hour, come in, sit at the front desk and watch what our amazing staff are doing at the front desk. It might be participating in a meeting with a donor or a foundation. There are lots of opportunities that you as an executive director have, and these are opportunities that when done well, give your board a front row seat and a backstage pass to the work that you are doing as an executive director and to the work that your organization is doing. Now, there's a few things that are obviously missing from this report, and it's intentional. I want you to exclude two types of report items from your board report. The first are operational reports and updates. You know, that's not the place for you to be giving operational reports and updates. They are routine, they are ongoing, and 
quite frankly, maybe they're done through a committee. For example, the finance committee probably is the one that's presenting your financials. Or, for example, if you have an HR committee, the HR committee might be providing an update on um, staff satisfaction or staff retention. So those reports and updates should all happen somewhere else. You do not want to get the board involved in the nitty-gritty of your operational activities. The second thing I want you to exclude from your board report, and I have to share with you, I see this so often in executive directors' reports to their boards, and it makes me cringe. It's just a list of activities or regurgitation of their schedule since the last meeting. I actually once saw a board report where the executive director was saying, I had a weekly meeting with each of my staff members, which is routine. They do that every week. I attended this coalition meeting and that funder roundtable meeting. And literally, it was just a recitation of what their schedule is. And the board doesn't need that level of insight into what you're doing. And when you do give them that level of insight, what you're doing is you're inviting the board to micromanage you, your schedule, and your operations. So exclude those types of things from your board report. Now, when you're rolling out this new board report, there's some things I need you to be thinking about because most of us are a little hesitant about change, and that's probably true of our board members. They've grown used to the way this works. They've grown used to getting a five, six, or seven-page report, and they've really grown accustomed to the executive director just walking them through that at the board meeting. And so what I would suggest that you do is that you first discuss having a new board report format with your board leadership. And maybe you even share a template with them. And in sharing that template, you ask them for feedback and you co-develop a short, crisp template that they are happy with, that you are happy with, that is focused on mission and strategy and overarching successes and challenges and is not focused on the operational. Part of what will come out of these discussions, if you don't already have a dashboard, is that you also probably, as, a, as an organization, need to develop an organization-wide dashboard that you won't present as part of the executive director report, but that the board will review and have a conversation about, probably as a standing item on its agenda. Now, when it comes time for you to share this first new board report format with the full board, so now you've You've talked with your leadership about it. It is ready to go. You go ahead, send it out as part of the board packet. But also say to your board members, we're changing the format. This is a little bit new. It's only a two-page report. If you would please read the report because I'm not going to walk through it step by step by step. I'm primarily just going to ask, hey, who's got questions? And then we'll spend a lot of our time on that topic of the month where we're thinking forward. And By the way, board members, I'd love your feedback. So that's what you say to the board. And at that point, you've done everything you can to ensure a smooth rollout for your new format of the board report. Listeners, I promised that I would have templates for you at the website. So you can go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash board report. And you can get a sample template of a two-page board report. 
And by the way, I also put together a 10-slide PowerPoint format. You can download both of those. They are editable. They are yours to use with your board. So one of the reasons that I decided to create this bonus break on board reports is that the board chief executive relationship often comes up in my coaching with chief executives. And part of that board executive director relationship is this board report. Because in this report, you're setting the tone for what your relationship with the board is going to be like, for what level of information you're going to provide, and also what level of oversight they are going to have of you. Is it going to be a governance oversight or is it going to be an operational oversight? Since this comes up so often in coaching, I've got to share with you a little bit about the coaching that I offer. So you probably know that I do one-on-one coaching with chief executives. Sometimes they're chief executives that have stepped into the role. They might not be first-time chief executives, but they're new in this role as a chief executive. And For that reason, in addition to the one-on-one coaching, I've also recently developed, and we are just about to launch, new group coaching for new executive directors. And it's going to be 20 biweekly sessions. So again, we'll run for 40 weeks, 20 biweekly sessions. It's going to start in late February. It will be curriculum-based, and it's suited for those individuals who are a chief executive and new in their position sometime in the last 12 months. And we're going to cover everything from governance issues to building a relationship with your board and your board chair to managing change with your staff. Again, 20 biweekly curriculum-based sessions When you go to the website, SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash coaching, you can actually see the curriculum. I'll share with you that the price for participating goes up on January 31, so make sure that you check it out and make sure that you apply if you think it might be good for you. That, listeners, is our bonus break for this week. I hope you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And I've always got to give you the disclaimer, I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This bonus break is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, and accounting advice. If that's what you're looking for, I'd suggest you find a qualified, licensed professional and have a conversation with them.